everybody. Welcome back to the Podcast Daily. It is Tuesday. It is time for Bill Landis over there and me, Austin Ward, to get ready to head into the Woody Hayes Athletic Center for media availability with Ryan Day. That's the only one I know for sure right now. I expect Jim Knowles will be uh, in there to have some updates on the Ohio State defense as the Buckeyes turn the page from the 56-14 win over Indiana and get ready for a 3.30 trip on Saturday to Maryland. As I do every Monday, I wrote my five questions at ohiostate.rivals.com. They are available there. And now it is Bill's turn to let us know what's on his mind as he gets ready to ask some questions of the brain trust of the Buckeyes. I want to know or ask, what does a team do when it's going to be like 35, a little under 40 degrees outside and your locker room is the size of a broom closet? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and you have to tape up your ankles out in the elements. What do you do? Yeah, I don't think Quinn Temple is going to be available this week to talk to us about <laughs> the logistical issues of going to play a game at Maryland. He should be. I think this will be the, the opportune time yeah. to put Quinn in front of a microphone and, and tell us uh, how you go about your business when the Big Ten you know, forces you to play in, in high school facilities. <laughs> They've got all this money coming in, billions of dollars in television deals, and uh, – you have to go play in a middle school locker room outside. Yeah, I, I bet Maryland's locker room is really nice. Probably. Probably super yeah. nice. All that Under Armour money. Yeah, it's great. Okay. All right. Real real question. Real um, questions. Got it. I have a couple. Uh, so <laughs> I was re- remembering this today when I was like trying to think about some stuff. And I realized, it was. I guess it was last week, like I asked Ryan Day like an incredibly dumb question. Um, about whether or not you can like rotate on the on the offensive line, and he's like, "Yeah." And then afterward, you were like, "You know, they did that last year, right?" And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, it's totally it's like slipped my brain for a moment, I guess." Um, but yes, you can rotate players on the offensive line. Um, Josh Fryer played really well, I thought, in this game, uh, most recent game against Indiana. And if if all that was, as I said, the berm on, on Monday's daily, if all that was was a glimpse of what's to come in 2023 i think that's that's totally fine and it's good to know you had that have that depth right now but i'm curious also now because he did play so well is there an opening to rotate him in as more than just a jumbo tight end um whether that's a guard at ta- or tackle i think he can play both um and maybe that's like a maryland specific thing if you're trying to steal some guys some rest and keep them fresh for for what's coming after that but uh i don't i'd be curious your opinion like josh fryer to me looked like a guy who could help this team right now and, and i want to know if they kind of feel the same way about him yeah there's two things there one there didn't seem to be a lot of method to the madness of the rotation a year ago so that's probably why you blocked it out <laughs> yeah uh, maybe it, maybe it wasn't that well organized nor was it very effective for ohio state a year ago um mainly because they were still I'm really trying to force the four tackle issue and uh, couldn't find a way to make it work. And maybe a rotation was their solution. It wasn't uh, playing guards would have actually helped. So what does that mean for someone like Josh Fryer who can play either guard or tackle? This was, I think some of the reason that we'd been talking about this on Tuesdays, the last couple of weeks, Bill is like, can you find out with either Josh from Josh Fryer or Enoch Vamahi, if either one of those guys, are able to match the standard or exceed it from what you've seen. Ohio State felt confident last week. Ryan Day said so. They thought they were playing their five best guys. I thought Matthew Jones played um, maybe one of his best games of the year uh, Mm -hmm. last week with Josh Fryer next to him instead of Dewan Jones. Coincidence? Maybe. Probably. Don't know for sure. But 
uh, Indiana and the level of competition is obviously part of that. But, you know, getting into the game and how you perform is significant, especially on the offensive line. It's a different level of practice, no matter how hard you practice on Tuesdays and Wednesdays, you know, getting into that game and seeing somebody that you don't often ever, you don't play against every single day. Like we just goes without saying that's different. And those reps should count in the evaluation. Now, Dewan Jones has way more of them. So does Matthew Jones. And you're so deep into the season, you're probably not going to do a lot of things to really uh, upset that apple cart there. What I think your point is, if both Dewan and Matthew Jones are dealing with some minor injuries, look, you've got an opportunity now where you know what you're going to get, what the floor uh, baseline expectations would be for Josh Fryer, and you can probably use that to get through Maryland and steal some snaps, steal some rest for either one of those guys. So I think that has to be part of the equation. Will it be by Saturday? Will it be, will it be necessary? Uh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe not. But yeah. it's going to be part of the conversation. I'm pretty sure of that. Yeah, I, I think it, it it should be. And and Ryan Day seemed pretty confident that Dewan Jones will be ready to play against Maryland. Um, I just think you have a lot of guys up there. Like uh, the only the only I guess two of the five, Luke Whipler and Parrish Johnson, to me, like just have been pretty solid and steady all year. But the other three, I think, have shown signs of I don't know if it's like wear and tear or what, just like less consistent maybe than than those two. Um, not certainly not bad, just just less consistent, I think, at times. I think Josh Fryer can help like at all three of those spots if if you if you really needed him to. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you want to have a game where a guy's taking some right tackle, right guard, left guard uh, steps. <laughs> That's probably asking for trouble. Although they did play Matthew Jones at both guard spots in in the same game last year, so maybe it's it's not as crazy of a, of a proposition as as it sounds saying out loud, but. Um, I just think it was like a really promising debut for him, and I'm I, I'm I'm for Josh Fryer, and I, I don't want to make too much of it because I I think you're right at this point in the year, like how much do you really want to mess with that? But also too, like you know, if you're Ryan Dang or Justin Fry, you do have to make sure you're putting your best foot forward. And um, I am in agreement with the idea of, of what Ryan Day said last week that the five that have started every game prior to the last one are are their best five, but. Um, injuries impact that wear and tear of a season that's just natural impacts that at time. And, and a guy like Josh Fryer, who was probably pretty fresh and had really only played in garbage time or as a jumbo tight end, um, looked like he had a little bit of a, of a pep in his step and, and played really well. So um, I think there's a, at the very least, I think there's an opportunity to mix him in this week. I'm not saying like, you know, change the five going into the Michigan game. I, I think that's tricky, but um, I think it's, it's, it's an equal, it's equally reassuring I know you have a guy like that, but also like complicates things a little more now because you're like, are you sure this is the best five? Like, cause this guy looks like he's pretty good. Yeah. I think in the end, it'll probably be more meaningful as a security net and for a glimpse into the future when Ohio state starts getting into December and early signing period and whether it needs to be involved in the transfer portal at tackle. Um, you know, Josh Fryer gave them a pretty good indication there that one of those spots when Dewan and Paris are both moving on to the NFL next spring, uh, should be secure. And if mm-hmm. you have to worry about one other, you know, you can have that debate, but at least now, you know, you've seen Josh Fryer do it in a game. And if it has to happen because you're talk- also still talking about, I-, I keep bringing this up and it sounds crazy. It's the last two weeks of the regular season, but they could still play five games. Like yeah. that's, that's still a pretty decent chunk of football ahead of Ohio state. So that's, yeah, it's that's half season. Two, <laughs> two different. Yeah. It's two different ways really. To look at it, and both of them, in the end, are significant and valuable for what Josh Fryer is giving the Buckeyes. 
No doubt about it. Um, so that's one thing that's on my mind. And I guess the other, these like, it's not like, I don't know. The Indiana game was just like business as usual for Ohio State. So I didn't come out of it with a million questions. Like I feel like I have some of these other games, <laughs> but um, that one was one of them. And then the the other one, aside from like the injury stuff, which I'm sure we'll get into, um, is sort of like following up on what I thought was a really good question from you after the game on Saturday when Ryan Day said something and we're just like, wait, what did you do? like? <laughs> and you're like, and then you grab the microphone back and you, and you followed up about, about short yards. Yeah, sorry about, really- sorry about that. No, no, it was really well done because it needed to be asked. And then I think you were the right, right one to ask it as a natural follow-up to what you had asked before. But Ryan day, like admitting that at times he's being perhaps a bit stubborn with the way they're trying to execute on third and short, I thought was pretty revelatory. Um, and I, and I don't think it like it, it is outright bad, but I do find it incredibly interesting. Um, I guess the balance between like trying to cultivate a specific mindset, trying to prove a point, as as you said, um, just working through stuff in games because you have that luxury as Ohio State that not a lot of other teams have. Yeah. Um, but then also like when it's brass tax time, what do you do? Which is like another way of asking. And I guess you can't ask it this pointedly, but it's like when it's third and one against Michigan, are you going to try this again? Because I, I think at this point we have enough evidence that this does not suit their personnel. Yeah, and I think the other part of this banging his head into the wall answer is the element that he won't say, which is I got some things that I would like to do against Michigan, and it's really hard for me not to. And that's why he's like keep you know, keep reminding himself that you have a greater goal in mind. And mm-hmm. I remember this happening and I've mentioned this before, just the maniacal focus that he had uh, on Clemson and the you know single-minded mentality and hope that he got the chance to use this you know tempo that they had worked on and go light speed warp speed uh, and show some different passing concepts that he knew um, could exploit some things that Brent Venables did at Clemson not just the sign stealing but other things that were part of their system and you know we never really saw that at any point now it was a shorter year it was a different year all those things are true, but they worked on that and had that in their back pocket, specifically hoping that that opportunity presented itself. It's a little bit different for Michigan because you know that Ohio State's going to have that. Uh, and they also know that eight, nine, ten times out of the year, it is okay for them to be vanilla and they'll win. Now, that's led to other conversations that we've had about the run game or other issues where it's like, are they really bad at this or, uh, you know, is, are they really going to be a bad third and short team and fourth and short team forever? I don't think they will because there's going to be the element of play action that comes back into it. There's going to be deep shots that we've seen Ryan Day take. And like, I think that's part of the, that's the stuff that he won't say out loud. Last week was the furthest he'd gone up to that line afterwards about the frustration with it. But I still don't think he presented the whole picture, which is November 26th. And that's pretty yeah. much it. Which which I think I think is fine. Which which is like while that was that like as a as a quote I guess kind of got my antennas up. I'm not like it doesn't make me overly concerned because I, I, really over the last few weeks what I've kind of resigned myself to is like we'll, we'll, I think I said it we'll, we'll see what happens when they play Michigan and I do think they're gonna have some different stuff in that game and and I don't think too like um, maybe the tenor of some of the conversations we've had over the last couple of weeks might make 
people believe that I or you or, or us as the media at large, or if even the fan base maybe, believes that Ohio State's like a bad rushing team. I don't think they're a bad rushing team. I think they struggle sometimes with situational rushing. Um, but, you know, you don't – even if you're a, a, a terrible or a bad rushing team, like you don't – just show up on a Saturday and run for three forty against Indiana. Like you have, you have, you have something to to your attack when you, when you're able to do that. Um, and they've been more versatile, and they've done, you know, I think I think some things to help themselves the last couple of weeks, and and that's been really good to see. And I think that will continue. Um, and I, I I'm not worried that they're just going to try to run into a brick wall against against Michigan. Um, but I I guess I could see why someone would be based on how things have gone over the last few weeks and and I, i'm i'm actually going to try to track it for the course of the season because someone asked a question uh, of me on twitter and i'm going to try to write about it at ohio state that rivals.com like just kind of how they've gone about their business in short yardage this year and maybe what what that might portend um for the michigan game um, and i'm uh, excited to kind of dive into that but i just thought it was a, a, like i i appreciated the honesty i guess <laughs> of Ryan Day <laughs> to say like yeah i'm being stubborn um but i'm kind of with you that i think i think the stubbornness is born out of like i have some things i want to try like yeah I, but i just cannot do it right now <laughs> yeah and that's that's not fun and it makes it tougher to evaluate for him and for us on the outside um probably more frustrating for him than it is for us to look at it although I think everybody has grown a little bit tired of seeing some of those things done over and over. Uh, it was to your point about like when we're look, looking at this specific issue, do we think that Ohio State is a bad running team? Uh, the answer is no. It was po- pointed out to me that when I wrote Snap Judgments, I called it a mixed bag for the running game on Saturday. Like, how can that be true when they run for that many yards? Well, I mean, to me, I thought that was obvious because the short yardage you know, push was not there from the offensive line. They weren't able to convert Mm -hmm. in those situations. They had to turn to Mitch Rossi for one of them. And that wasn't, uh, it was maybe blocked up slightly better than I thought initially. And you looked at it a few times up in the press box, like, well, maybe that would have worked and it was a different look, but you know, you miss one block and it falls apart, which has been a theme for several weeks. And then you have the injury to Mayan Williams. Like that to me trumped almost everything because he's the one who truly makes Ohio state's running attack go and you lose him for the entire second half and most likely out on Saturday against Maryland uh, with the attention, intention of trying to get uh, what I believe to be a high ankle issue to get him ready for uh, the game the following week. Like that, that like trumped everything else. Xavier Johnson did great. I think he does deserve credit. They did some creative stuff with the end around to Marvin Harrison uh, kind of creative looks there. They tried several different things. Some worked, some didn't. Um, and you look at what Dallin Hayden provided. Yeah. All those things are positive. I wasn't saying mixed bag to be mean. I just, that was just, I thought a pretty fair assessment. It was one step forward or two steps forward and then two steps back. And it wound yeah. up about even. It was, it was, I kind of wrote that too. After the game, it was, I, I wasn't quite sure how to take it because, if you if you just remove the injury piece from it and you just sort of watch what was happening on the field, I think you probably felt pretty good about it. Dallin Hayden played really well. That yeah. run from Xavier Johnson was awesome. Um, the the reverse to Marvin Harrison was like the coolest run play I think I've seen Ohio State run since <laughs> I've been covering them. That was like that was incredible. Um, 
But then, like, as it's happening, you just look down on the bench and you see, see their top three scholarship running backs all wearing hoodies. And you're just like, what, like, how am I supposed to process this? So yeah. it's not like, it's not like, I think, I think mixed bag is, is right in the sense, like, you're not, you're not being super critical of what's happening on the field. It's just like taking a, a inventory of the larger picture. It's like, this is, this looked really good today. Can it be sustained when Mayan Williams, Travion Henderson, and Evan Pryor, who we know is out for the season, uh, aren't available now? And who knows their availability moving forward? I also wrote that particular snap judgment at halftime, and but I still would have said the same thing for the game as as a whole. Um, now, the Mayan Williams injury had just happened at that time, um, and so it was front of mind. But it would have been as soon as the game ended, either. So I think. Wearing down and picking apart Indiana in the second half, there's value in that, but it wasn't going to change my opinion and suddenly be like, oh, this was an amazing day because Xavier Xavier Johnson broke off a long run and all that. I thought that would have happened regardless that Indiana was going to wear down. Now, that does mean mm-hmm. they get credit for that. I'm not trying, I wasn't trying to take that away from that. But the other things, because it's a season long or a, at least a month long issue with the short yardage and then mounting injuries because it wasn't just Mayan going down. It was Travion being in a walking boot, as you said, uh, Chip Trainum being scratched after being the emergency move over and Evan Pryor being out for the year, TC Caffey as well. Like that's a pretty crazy <laughs> bag of stuff to deal with in yeah. terms of injuries. Yeah. They had one healthy scholarship running back <laughs> by the end of that game. That is not a tremendous place to be in at this point in the season. Um, but I, I guess that's probably, that's probably the most pressing question. Like we can we can dig into the minutia of of what's going on with the team, but the most pressing question is, what is your health situation <laughs> at running back, and can you get through this week maybe without having to play those guys? And if if the payoff is they're available for Michigan, yeah, we won't get definitive answers uh, Tuesday at noon. I think we can expect that as long as it's not long term issues, which I don't think that it will be for either Travion or Mayan. Um, probably not for Denzel Burke either. That was, uh, they, they considered it a game time decision. Even after he took off his uniform, um, (laughs) the decision had been made just kind of been funny. All I'm starting to laugh at it. It was really a lot more frustrating in September. Now just sort of like is the way it works. Uh, they got called up to the press box. Uh, Jerry's like, Hey, what's going on with Denzel? He's a game time decision. Oh, we already saw he took off his Jersey. So I think he's out. (laughs) Um, I think, you know, they'll probably, he'll probably be back, give the Ohio State an opportunity to see, uh, the full compliment at corner. Um, that seems like, I mean, Dewan Jones, he, he went all the way through warmups, uh, didn't look yeah, like he, he did was keep that laboring that on. much. Yeah. He yeah. Did. He was a game time decision who had his pads on the entire time. Yeah. I think perhaps even in the second half <laughs> after Josh Fryer had played the entire first half. Yeah. So. I think those are the ones to watch this week. I mean, it's primarily going to be at running back. Um, Maryland defensively is not a team that should really scare or threaten Ohio State. I know you don't want to – no coaching staff wants to go into it and say, well, let's we're going to go with the backups and we're going to leave everybody at home. Uh, I, I don't think they'll do that. <laughs> um, yeah. That's not been Ohio State's approach. But, you know, it's the same sort of feeling that I think we had before Northwestern, like, you definitely can't give Mayan Williams if you let him play. You shouldn't give him every carry. Then everything got sideways, and you know, you I don't know that you could even let that possibility happen. I don't think Mayan will travel this week. We'll see. Uh, it's early. No decision has been made there. Um, but Travion might, and 
you don't want to get into any of those wonky situations where suddenly you're like, well, he's healthy enough to play. He's going to get 26 carries. Like, I don't think that can happen. No, I don't, I don't think so either. I think, I, I think you're right that you probably want to bring him um, in case of an emergency. I would have absolutely no problem with Dallin Hayden starting against Maryland. I think he can handle that. Um, if we assume trip train him, well, I think has one carry this year, but he's, he's, you know, he's been a starting running back at the power five level. I think you can trust him a little bit as well and, and try to get through it without having to play Travion. There will not be 80 mile an hour wins on Saturday in college park, Maryland. I, I double checked. looks like it will be <laughs> actually kind of nice uh, that day. Just a little cold, but nothing else. So, um, yeah, Ohio State, I think uh, I think maybe this is one of the points you made in, in your five questions on, on Ohio State that I was like, come out early, put it to them, get everybody out of the game <laughs> and start and start looking ahead to November 26th. Yeah, start talking about that. Uh, you want to be turning your focus by the third quarter uh, and getting as much of a jump on that as you can. Uh, you know how important it is. And look. I don't know exactly what it's going to look like for Michigan on Saturday, but that looked like for a long time it could be a physical uh, setting. At least Illinois defensively is probably going to make it uncomfortable, even if Michigan still winds up winning easily. Highly likely that they will. Um, I don't think Illinois is going to make it cheap for them. So you mm. you have that in mind. You don't want to you don't want to let that same thing happen to you if you're Ohio State against Maryland the way they did now four years ago. And you have to go mess around in, in overtime. Like if you don't come out focused, you let some of that energy on the road happen. That's when bad stuff pops up. You can, and Ohio State. I think that should be that, that. will probably be the message from Ryan Day all week. Like you can get this one over with, and then you can talk about Michigan. But you know, let's do it in the third quarter and not in pregame warmups. Yeah, it almost feels like in an in an odd way, the ultimate test of Ryan Day's competitive excellence mantra is like, can you go be Ohio State for twenty five minutes and, just, and, bur- and bury Maryland the way you're supposed to, so that we can get back on the plane and and start focusing on the important one? Yep. By the end of we'll be traveling on Friday and Sunday uh, for the podcast and for OhioState.Rivals.com. We're getting ready to gear up for that trip, the last regular season road trip of the year for the Buckeyes at Maryland Saturday at 3.30. The Buckeyes will be, uh, Ryan Day and I believe Jim Knowles will be talking at noon. We'll have a live stream of that available on the podcast. We'll have some snappy Jays after that. Uh, Buckeye Q coming this week, all the other uh, pregame content that you know and hopefully love. Uh, We're going to have that as we get ready uh, for this one. One last Big Ten road trip. Get excited for it. That's Bill. I'm Austin. We will see you later in the Woody Hayes Athletic Center. Till then, bye-bye.